1: To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss.
0: Good morning and a very warm welcome to Keeping It Real by Caroline and Sophie. Good morning. And what a wonderful morning it is. And actually, the song that we play... is actually a song from Greece 2 with Michelle Pfeiffer. I never thought you'd kiss me like
1: that if you knew who I really
0: was. (laughs) Are you crazy? And the song is called Charades. charades And the reason why I've always loved this song is simply because how often do we people feel that we can't just be ourselves. I think for me, it was much more when I was growing up than today. But this whole conversation about feeling good in your own skin, I think is a really, really relevant subject. And I want to start off by asking you, Sophie, What does it mean to you to feel good in your skin? What does it mean to you to feel good about yourself?
1: First of all, I think we all have different ways to make ourselves feel good. For me, it's definitely about not about the clothes I wear. I can't always afford these days to go out and buy the latest Gucci or Saint Laurent or whatever it is, shoe or coat or hat or whatever it might be. It's more about how I feel on the inside, which is massively important for me these days. And as Caroline knows very well, I love to start my day with a really good workout. And not something that's going to kill me or make me feel like I'm about to have a heart attack, but something that I feel is really manageable and that fits in with my schedule, which is um, obviously a big part of being a single working mum, is finding the time to do all of these things. Um, And I think for me, really finding an exercise that suits you, suits your lifestyle, suits what you can handle in the morning is massively important. So I love the Paolo's Body Bar, which you know all about. And I also love to the Pulse of, which you know all about. But there are parts of me, of course that are never going to change. And I think we have to be realistic about how we look. I am very proud of having two fabulous, healthy little boys. But as a result of having two healthy, fabulous little boys, my stomach will never be as flat as it was before I had them. Because Finn was a ginormous baby who completely stretched me um, in every single way he possibly could have done. And I will never have that stomach that
0: I had before. But I'm okay with that. Well, I've had three babies in my tummy and each time I was pregnant, I put on 25 kilos, which means that I put on 75 kilos in six years. Now, like that's a full human being and maybe even almost uh, one and a bit human beings. That is the weight that I put on in the six years where I had three pregnancies and my three gorgeous, beautiful, healthy children. And I totally, totally relate to Sophie about having a little bit of excess skin on the tummy. But I have to also say that I feel extremely lucky because I don't feel that my excess skin, it doesn't really bother me because you know what? I am 42 and I don't have the body of a 21-year-old anymore. I have the body of a 42-year-old. But what has really, really, really helped me, which may help a lot of you wonderful mothers to be out there, I have always consumed a lot of oil, whether it be coconut oil or whether it be olive oil. I would say that I consume probably a litre of olive oil every single week. And I have done for the last 20 odd years. And it means that I have no stretch marks. It means that you can actually pull my skin out quite far, but then it goes back again. I
1: am much more conscious than you are. I mean, Caroline has the most incredible body and I know...
0: That Sophie yeah. has the most incredible body.
1: Well I, I, I want to say that every woman out there has the most incredible body.
0: I agree, I agree because actually at the end of the day, none of us are the same and I think it's so important to just embrace yeah. who you are and make yourself the best version of yourself.
1: Exactly and I do think it has a lot to do with confidence and I, I for me, I will never ever ever put a bikini on unless someone invents a machine that is going to take away my excess skin on my stomach because I do work hard to stay in shape because it makes me feel good yeah. and I'm not saying it makes me feel good to look good, it does give me confidence if I feel good and I look good then it gives me more power in myself to go out and succeed and get things done and I always remember this before I had my children and when I was commuting into work every single day, I would Always get up 20 minutes earlier than the rest of my colleagues and do my hair and makeup. And if I hadn't done my hair and makeup, and everybody might think that's really shallow, but for me, walking into a morning meeting with hair and makeup done gave me that extra bit of confidence that really made me feel a bit more powerful. And without it, I felt a bit naked and a bit weaker. And I know that is a very superficial thing to say. And a lot of you might say, oh my goodness, you're so superficial having to do your hair and makeup in the morning when you don't have time. For me, it was a big part of putting on my clothes, my makeup, putting on my shield, putting on my armor, putting on my confidence. And the better I felt about myself the more productive and powerful I'd feel in my day. So it was a massive part. And that's really how the rollers started for me because they're so quick and easy to use and I'm bringing them out very soon. And it
0: was a good way to start my day was the you know, getting your armor on. And I think that's massive. And I think as you say, Sophie, armor can be so different for everyone. You were just saying now that it's so important for you to start your day working out. And you know, if that's really how you feel, you've got to listen to how you feel. I'm slightly different to Sophie in that I don't have that one hour in my day to be able To work out, I simply don't have that hour. I don't know where I should find it unless the dear Lord starts giving us 36 hours a day. There will not be one hour workout for me every single day. Quite on the contrary, what I do and what really works for me personally is just a little bit of stretching. And some days it's no more than putting both of my arms above my head and really giving myself a good stretch. What I do try and do two or three times a week is six sun salutations. And a sun salutation is a yoga sequence which for me is enough because it means that I I move every single muscle in my body during one sun salutation and through one sun salutation, I change the oxygen in my body and I move all of my blood. So I find that doing between four and six sun salutations two times a week is actually enough for me. And it doesn't take more than five or 10 minutes. And this makes me feel good. Now, I'm a very, very scandy, scandy, scandy. And although I would almost give one of my toes for Sophie's hair because Sophie's hair is, without a shadow of a doubt, probably the most fabulous hair I think I've ever seen in my entire life. It is so beautiful. It is so extraordinary. It glows, it bounces, it's just fabulous. And it has always been fabulous. And I can see why Sophie has decided to invest time in her fabulous hair and putting on her hair because it's a really big part of her. And I can see that that is really what underlines the bounce when she comes in, even when Sophie has had a really terrible day or is going through a stressful time. I can see that there is an element of power that comes with her armor in her hair and in her makeup. I am the complete opposite. We sit here as two yin and yangs because, you know, I'm the kind of person who I barely brush my hair. I get up. I have a shower. I brush my teeth. I put on a body lotion. I put on my deodorant and I go. I don't wear makeup. And once every blue moon, I put a few little curls into my hair. Um, But that has never been for me. I feel much more comfortable not wearing makeup. I slightly feel as if when I do put on makeup, I feel a little bit, I wouldn't say that I feel like a freak, but I feel different. And I find it fun. Sometimes if I'm going out for a really nice dinner or whatever it might be, I do like to Make myself a little bit different, but on a day-to-day basis. Well,
1: first of all, let's go back to the exercise. I'm very envious that you only have to do sun salutations because you do look fabulous. And I know that if I don't spend that hour in the exercise that I do, whatever it is, whether it's a run with Coco in the park or a little workout on my mat at home, um, you know, I've got an exercise mat in my sitting room with weights, and I do a twenty-minute little routine that I do if I don't have time to go out. I'm not a member of the gym. Um, I find it a total waste of money because I don't go enough. And finding that half an hour, an hour can be really, really challenging. But I just know that if I do find it, I feel so much better about myself. And I think that's just really important is to find what your balance is and what you know, what makes you feel good and you look good and you feel the best that you can be in that day and try and figure it all out. And it isn't easy. It can be a massive challenge to fit everything in, in the day. And, you know, I think for me, once the kids are off at school, I then have to go through my diary and figure out when, I mean, I always do this the night before or even the, I normally do it on the weekend. I look at everything in my diary And I put my meetings in with clients or with whatever I'm doing um, or whether it's going to source fabrics or furniture or just time to go and do my email. You plan your
0: up and coming week, the weekend before. Exactly.
1: Always the weekend before. And then I build in when I'm going to work out and I book those classes at the weekend. So I know I'm going to get a space and I know that the children cannot be late for school that day. Because, well, first of all, they can't be late for school. Obviously, school work becomes before my exercising. But they have to be at school on time so that I can get back and get to that exercise class. And if I don't do it, then it's obviously a bit disappointing.
0: So I think it's really important for everyone out there to come back into your body and be really mindful about you and about what you need and about what makes you feel good. Because so many people look to others and think, wow, she looks amazing or he looks amazing or what does she do or what does he do? But the thing is, is that we are so individual and what one person does might not necessarily work for another person because we are made up of such different DNAs and I feel that if you can just come back into your body and really listen out to what are the things that upset me and really work on those so that you can always try and be the best version of yourself. And if that means that you have to find those 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 minutes a day to work out, make time for this because it's something that's going to make you feel good and if you feel good your day is going to be so much better but be very mindful around the fact that it is individual to your unique self.
1: I totally agree and I think that's the thing you need to tailor make things to suit your lifestyle and I know for example this morning I have when I leave here today I've got um, back-to-back meetings so I knew this morning that I couldn't work out And um, I will try and do the 7.30 evening class tonight, even though I absolutely hate working out in the evening. But sometimes you just have to shift your day around to make it all work. I know that if I don't do that 7.30 class today, then I won't have worked out today. And um, my lovely au pair goes away on Wednesday to do her driving test in Romania. So I won't be able to work out on Wednesday, Thursday or Friday. And then the boys are at home on Saturday and Sunday. So I won't be able to. So I think it's about planning and figuring out when is going to work and when it's going to suit you, because it's very challenging
0: sometimes. But don't you find, Sophie, that a workout could actually also be when you're taking your children to school, put on your little gym kit and do a little jog Mm. next to them and then jog home. Or even I find that, I mean, I do have a gym membership and I haven't been probably for three or four months, which is simply because I haven't had the time. But I find that now that I have little Wilma, today I don't have a time. I don't have time to take her for a long walk in the park, but I do probably uh, six out of seven days a week, I go to the park with Wilma and I walk a little bit faster and I do take that on board as being a part of my exercise.
1: Absolutely. And I think that's really important to say is... You don't necessarily have to go and pay for a class. You can find these moments that you can do on your own. And I know because I've got the boys this weekend that our day on Saturday and Sunday will start with a cycle ride. So, of course, I'll pop my training clothes on and I will run. And um, it's a good run. It's 5K to, uh, to this other little park that we go to. So I know that I'll be... Getting my exercise in there. So you really just have to work it around your lifestyle. And I know that if I don't work out, then I'll watch what I'm eating as well. So that's also hand and exercise and what you're putting in your body. Go a 100% hand in hand. It's it's not just about how much exercise you're doing. It's about what you're eating as
0: well. I couldn't agree with you more on that, Sophie. And I just want to mention one of our lovely followers, Emma, who posed the question, how do you guys feel about modern day social media to be perfect? So this whole body complex subject is an incredibly interesting subject, because again, I do feel that social media pressure, that is a choice. That is you deciding if you want to let that pressure be inflicted on you, And I think this also goes with having a lot of life experience in the form of having been on this planet for 42 years. When I turned 40, I decided that this was actually not a bad thing. Even through a life of lots of ups and downs, good times, bad times, heartache, heartbreak, trauma, joys, all kinds of things. But through this journey, I've really got to know myself. And I felt that The night before my 40th birthday, I was lying in my bed at 4.30 in the morning and I was thinking, how do I feel about this? How do I feel about turning 40? And I found myself putting my arms around myself and saying, you know what, Caroline? I'm really pleased that you are where you are because although there have been such traumatic times in your life, you've actually invested the time to heal and grieve and overcome a lot of the pains that you've experienced your life, which means that when I turned 40, I felt as if I had a life in balance and I had a life where I'd find the confidence to say no. I know what I want and I know what I don't want. And I am not going to let any pressure be taken on board unless it's a pressure that I choose to have on board. And to be honest with you, since I was a teenager, I've never felt a need to be perfect. And what is perfect anyway? That again is there's as many definitions of perfection, I'm sure, as human beings. I think again, at the end of the day, this goes back to this whole body complex subject. This is about you feeling as good about yourself as you can. And this means what exercise routine makes you feel good? What foods Make you feel good. I
1: just want to go back to a moment when I turned 40. And I remember it was actually the year that I separated from my husband. And I delayed my 40th birthday until I turned 20, of 21. That would have been nice. I delayed my 40th birthday until my 41st birthday. And I did that for a number of reasons. I didn't enjoy turning 40 because suddenly I was a single mother. And it was a massive wake-up call for me. And I was petrified. And I spent a few weeks before I turned 40 feeling petrified about the fact that my marriage was breaking down and how was I going to survive as a single mother and I'd never be able to meet anybody over the age of 40 because 40 is so old. And when you're 39, 40 seems like a death sentence, frankly.
0: But that is so funny, Sophie, that but, you felt that way.
1: But, 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 but I basically turned 40 quietly on my own with my closest friends and family and i looked in the mirror after i turned 40 and i thought right i am going to make a few really positive changes now in my life that i haven't had the confidence or the balls to do and i'm on my own now and i've turned 40 and i haven't really changed that much i still look okay But I'm going to go out there and I'm going to get all the things I've put on the back burner and I'm going to go out there and I'm going to get them. So
0: are you actually saying that when you turned 40, you started investing in yourself? Do you know what I did? It It was like a coming of age. It suddenly
1: gave me a pair of balls and I thought I've been following suit. All my life doing the things that we have to do and, you know, not necessarily have to. I was very excited to get married at the time and have my beautiful children. But I was definitely following, you know, I think as mothers, we all know this. When you have your children, you get a little bit lost in having your children when they're young. You know, they're they're little and you just, you're in survival mode. You're doing playgroups and parks and entertaining them. And you basically get completely lost in it all. Well, I did, for sure. And I lost my whole identity. I was a wife and a mother. I didn't really know my own name. I'd given up my big job at Swarovski that I'd had for five years as head of designer relations and traveling and doing all sorts of exciting things. And I gave it all up. To become a mother. Now, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with giving it all up to become a mother, but I certainly, when my husband and I separated and I turned 40, had the biggest wake up call of my life. And I thought, well, hang on a minute. This isn't the end of a chapter, this is the beginning of a really, really exciting new one. And I basically got my dog. I lived on Wimbledon Common at the time, and I started running. And I ran every single day and all the anguish and anxiety and anger I'd had towards my marriage putting up and everything and the stress and all the panic, I ran it out and it nearly killed me. I didn't particularly enjoy the running aspect, but I loved the feeling of accomplishment when I got home, exhausted and sweating and having let go of absolutely all my you know, emotions, and then I would just stand in the shower for 10 minutes and let it all sink in And then I'd start my day. And I figured out that I'd start my day in such a positive way that I would get so much done. You know, my business was always a bit of a hobby. When my husband and I left, I had to turn it into a proper business because I needed to pay my bills, you know, again, and I needed to be self-sufficient. And so for me, turning 40 was the most amazing wake-up call. And although it hasn't always been easy, and I'm going through a huge time of change again, again. Uh, two years later, having uh, rejigged my setup at home and everything, I'm now having to rejig it again. But I have learned so much about myself. I've got my body back. I've got my career back. I've got my
0: life back. And I'm independent again. And I feel great because you've invested time in finding yourself. It sounds to me as if you, you were almost... You got lost behind the name of a man. You got lost behind a man.
1: I lived in a bubble.
0: You lived in a bubble. And what sounds so amazing, it reminds me a little bit of Forrest Gump, when Forrest Gump one day just decided to start running. And I totally understand how liberating that must have felt for you. Running, not away from something, but actually towards something else. Just sounds really wonderful. And yes, Sophie, you are... I think you're doing so incredibly well. I'm so impressed with you. And again, it's really interesting to see how something that can be really scary for one person is really not scary for someone else, talking about the big 4.0. But what I think is wonderful and what I think should be a gift and can come at any time. It doesn't necessarily need to come just because you're turning 40. But it is the decision to not let any fashion pressure, any body complex pressure. I think it's about not letting pressure get to you. I think what Sophie and I are trying to say at the end of the day, we would love you all to go back into your bodies and really feel yourselves and really understand what is it holding you back? What is it that makes you feel like you are not being your best self. And I think once you've identified that, then invest the time in making those changes. Because actually at the end of the day, you are the only one who can feel your feelings. You are the only one who knows your thoughts. You are the only one who knows this situation does not make me happy. You're the only one who's able to make that change. I just want to
1: say it's baby steps. It's it's total baby steps. For me, oh, so it good. was, you know... I the first time I took Coco out for a run, I thought, oh, I'm not going to do this again. I'm exhausted and um, I've wasted two hours of my life. And then I learned to adapt it to a time that suited me. And, you know, as soon as the children were at school, I'd then get excited about that hour of my life and i think it's it's baby steps though because obviously it didn't happen overnight that i started That's getting not. my body back and i think i gained in confidence the more i did it then i got a running partner and then it became even more fun and i think it just builds up and builds up until you get to that confident place that you kind of just then know what makes you happy and what makes you tick what you should eat what makes you feel great what gives you energy And then it all has a knock on effect with your career as well. You know, what's working, what's not working and focusing on the things that are working and letting go of the things that aren't. And you can walk away from things that aren't working. I now know that I would never have walked away from my marriage because I was too afraid. And now I'm not afraid. And if I was in the same situation and it wasn't working out, I would now have the courage to walk away. But it takes time to build up that that confidence.
0: Also because you know that you're not alone because once you find yourself you can never be alone and that's a really big thing I think and can be a really big thing for a lot of people because I think a lot of people are in friendships, relationships, marriages where they may not necessarily be particularly happy but they're so frightened of walking away because they're so frightened of being on their own and I'm going to share with you guys a really magnificent journey that I did. And it took a long time. And this is all about when Sophie says baby steps, I'm talking about investing the time. It's a long term investment. A lot of people think that life is short. Life is actually really, really, really long. And life has got to be lived to the best of your ability in the happiest of ways. And it does mean that if you do invest the time in really getting to know yourself and making a relationship with yourself, it means that when you lay in the bath at night, it's not laying in a bath feeling lonely. It's actually laying in the bath feeling so blessed that you are you and that you're healthy and that you're happy and that you're strong because you've been so strong to be able to create the life that makes you happy. You've been brave enough to eliminate the things that aren't serving your happy and gracious purpose on this wonderful planet and I think at the end of the day I would like all of you to sit down and just for a moment think about your hopes and dreams think about the fact that you know what for the next however many years you've got left on this planet what kind of life do you want to have led when you go to sleep forever can I um just quickly
1: pop in there Because I know that um, a lot of people will be in the same situation as us and be single mothers and have to have gone on this journey, which isn't fun, but is, at the end of the day, a journey that I wouldn't change now. But I think what I wanted to talk about was when Alex first started taking the boys um, for a weekend and I would be on my own. And that was a very strange experience for me because my whole marriage, I would never had any time away from my children. Alex was very much of the generation where the wife did everything, the cooking, the cleaning, the raising of the children, and any of my needs weren't necessarily (laughs) addressed. Bless you. But, you know, that's another whole topic of conversation. I don't blame him. I don't resent him for that. All those feelings have gone. And it's just a a different way of, of raising your children. But anyway, my point was when the children went to Alex, I would have planned meeting friends I would not have one minute on my own because I think, right, the children have gone, okay, I'm going to see my best friend. Then I'm going to go for a run. Then I'm going to go and work out. Then I'm going to go and do this with her, this with this person. And I would make sure that every second of every day was filled. So when you mentioned the bath thing just then, I am now completely the opposite. So when Alex has the boys for the weekend, I like to leave my weekend completely empty I like to have spontaneity again because that goes with the children. I love to just be on my own and sit and read a book or lie in the bath or read the newspaper or sit in the garden or do a bit of gardening or take cocoa out and just do things completely for myself, which is a very new thing in which I've been learning for the past two years and I'm still learning, but I'm now enjoying my own company and it takes a long time to get there. And I think the fear of being alone versus your own company is terrifying to begin with. But once you embrace it, you actually rather love your own company more than anyone else's. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you wanna do is second guess the ring.
0: You know what my daughter actually said to me and quite a few years ago? Mummy, who do you love most in the world? And I said, well, you guys, of course. And Josephine goes, well, mommy, you have to love yourself more than anybody else in the world. Because if you don't love yourself more than anybody else in the world, you can't possibly love anybody else in the world. And it's such an incredibly wise and extraordinary thing of a, she was probably only four or five years old when she said that. But I totally understand, Sophie, because I've got to say that when I got divorced almost 11 years ago, I started working 48 hours after my husband and I split up. And whenever he had the children, which was every second weekend, as soon as the children were picked up, I would get on a plane, fly to Denmark, and I would go and do the TV show, The Baroness Moves In, which was filming over two and a half days. And it was a really wonderful TV show where I had these two and a half days to help a family that was completely broken. Their home was falling apart. Their relationship was falling apart. Their careers were falling apart. Their lives were falling apart. And what was so incredibly nourishing for me was instead of being at home and bleeding over the fact that I wasn't with my children, I went to Denmark and shot an episode that started in really sad circumstances, but two and a half days later ended in such happiness and love and it was so incredibly nourishing for my heart and soul at the time and it wasn't until probably a year or two later that I realized actually Caroline you now need to go on a really big journey yourself. You need to actually bulldoze yourself to the ground. You need to go back to day one. You need to go through your entire life because you have been through so much in your life, from losing my mom when I was 11 years old to a lot of things that I don't really want to go into great detail about right now, but a lot of really big traumatic things that I didn't at the time really grieve and heal. But I spent pretty much consistently five years with an incredible woman going right back and healing all of my wounds that I had just brushed under a carpet because I didn't grow up with the tools to be able to feel and overcome a lot of these things. So I had to do this in my adult life. And I've got to say that it is, without a doubt, the most incredible investment that I've ever done, going back to day one and reliving and grieving and taking all wounds, talking about them, really grieving them so that they can be properly healed, so that that wound can be delicately stitched up. So it's not a big oozing wound, quite on the contrary, it's a reminder that you've lived and it means that I today am a completely whole human being in balance, 100% transparent which is also one of the reasons why it has been so important to me to educate my children and help my children from the very beginning to feel their feelings so that no stone is left unturned that will come and haunt them later in life. Obviously, as
1: as parents, single parents, it's one of our biggest concerns is how do you get through divorce and have happy children at the end of it? Can they ever be happy again? I mean, it's my biggest fear is have I... Given my children something so big to overcome that they'll never have a nice, their own healthy relationships, and it, it's still
0: a fear of mine. I believe children are happiest if it means having two homes with happy parents, rather than one home That's with crazy. with unhappy parents. And a lot of research has also shown that if you grow up even with just one really happy, solid, consistent, robust parent, then you're going to be okay. You're going to be okay. But I do think that for everybody out there, making that investment into having a true relationship with yourself, because only when you have a true relationship with yourself can you... Do a spring clean of your heart and soul and make sure that you are living the life that you're supposed to be living, the life that makes you happy, because only then can you really achieve your hopes and dreams.
1: I completely agree. And I think, um, you know, going back to what you were saying about having two happy parents separately rather than one unhappy home is is a massive, massively important thing to, to look at in your life. I mean, I think when I was in my marriage, my husband and I at the end were so incompatible together so even though we might not have been aware that there was an atmosphere around us I'm sure the atmosphere around us brushed off on our children and I'm sure it had an effect on them I think Finn was probably too young but certainly for Harry you know rather than having the gentle conversations with somebody it was always a cross conversation whether it was you know the, the disappointment of somebody saying that they're going to go away for the weekend at short notice and you feeling that sinking feeling. But that comes out, you know, I'm sure Harry would have seen the pain and anxiety that I was going through and probably the unhappiness
0: that my ex-husband was going through as well. I think children are far more connected than we think. I think children are far more saturating of atmospheres in homes and I think at the end of the day, as painful as it may be, if a marriage is not working, if you don't find that you love your husband and wife in the way that you should. And and I think that your husband or your wife should be your best friend and your soulmate. And 100 percent, 100 percent. And I actually remember one time crying at the feet of my husband, who I love deeply. And I remember saying to him, I want to be your best friend. And he looked at me and he said, well, you're not, you're my wife. And I remember feeling so heartbroken. And I'm not saying this to blame him in any way, shape or form, because at the end of the day, everybody has a right to wishing whatever qualities they want in whatever human being that they surround themselves with, whether it be friends or, or someone in a relationship. But for me, I know that if I'm to have a relationship with a man, I know that I want that man to be my soulmate. I want him to be my best friend. I want him to be my lover in the same way that when I'm with my girlfriends, I want my girlfriends to be faithful. I want my girlfriends to be loyal. I want my girlfriends to have my back. And I'm very black and white with that. If you have my back to my face, but you don't have my back when we're not together, you know what? I cut you out very, very quickly. I have a very, very small world, but the world that I have is of People of the highest, highest quality because I feel that they are the qualities that I give to my friends and I expect the same in return. When you go through moments
1: of big change or loss or trauma, sadness or joy, You look around and it certainly happens when you have children, you know, the the friends that don't have children while you are having children will always be your friends and you might pick new friends up along the way because there's a there's a segregation. I think as soon as you have your children, you only hang out with other people that have children because you're all in the same pond, if you like, you're on the same bracket, you're all on the same chapter, your kids all play together, and it just becomes easy. But actually, some of my best girlfriends don't have children, they're my age, and they focus on their careers. And for other reasons, they haven't had children themselves. And they're still very, very much my closest friends. And my boys see them as, you know, aunties and, you know, mummy's best friends. And I think it's really important that you just surround yourself with people that are there for you as more than friends. They actually become your family. And when you've gone through something big in your life, your friends are like your family.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Don't compromise on that front. You deserve the best people of the highest quality. And I remember uh, getting a card once from a very, very, very dear friend of mine while I was going through getting divorced, which was an extremely painful time. And and painful in so many ways, because it really makes you realize who are there for you. And there are certainly some disappointments along the way. And in, in my circumstances, it was on a very personal level that there were some big disappointments. But I remember getting this wonderful card that said, friends are God's apology for relatives. And I can't even underline how true that is to me, because my closest and dearest friends really have become my family. They are my extended family and I feel so incredibly blessed.
1: I couldn't agree with you more. My best friends are like my sisters and we share everything. I'm sorry to all the guys out there that I might have met. Yep, they know absolutely everything about you. (laughs) (laughs) I mean we like to pretend that we don't share things, but we share everything down to minute details. But no, in all seriousness My friends have been incredible on this journey that I've been on for the last couple of years and they've got me through some of the highest and the lowest points in my life. And I think what's really important is when you are at rock bottom and when you are crying and not really knowing if there's a way out, to be able to call a girlfriend and say, can you take the boys to the park for half an hour is incredible. And you need those people around you. You need family and friends around you when you're going through times of change and times of need and it's
0: essential is there anything better than girlfriends is there anything better than girlfriends
1: no there's nothing better than girlfriends
0: i feel very lucky to have you in my life so thanks so much for today Woo! thanks baby let's all go out there and enjoy our girlfriends
1: rock on baby